When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode 59. And that's, I don't have any creative number to throw at you guys, so I'm just going to get into it. So we've got a lot to talk about today, including a couple of friendlies and some, I, I think it's safe to say, the two biggest business pieces for Juventus this summer, so... With all that being said, let me bring in the usual crew here of Sam LaPresti. Hello, Sam. Evening, Danny. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Not a whole heck of a lot. Chucks? Hello, Chucks. Oh, hey. Yeah, let's, let's get started. Shame that the numbers have gone so high. That, uh, yeah, we're going to have to come up with something more creative. But I know. I know. Speaking of which, Chucks, before we, we bring in our, our last remaining pod member here, it, on the day this is released, it's coming out on a certain big Dutchman's birthday. So would you like to wish a certain Dutch defender a happy birthday in his native tongue? Uh, yeah, feliciteerd, uh, Matthijs. And uh, that's about all you'll get from me because you're rich and happy and you all your Instagram stuff I see is always just jolly and well. So uh, anyway, gefeliciteerd, as uh, the Dutch would say man who's not on social media suddenly checks is up on what Delict is doing on Instagram. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> Last but not least, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, guys. Happy to be here as always. Dutch. Dutch is a wild language, man. It's it's not easy in the years. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, it's effectively useless as well, but <laughs> despite the, uh, I mean, relative strength of the country, like like globally, I mean, it's a well-respected country and very affluent country. But I mean, the language is useless. So, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my father has some some European friends who take jabs at each other between the, 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 the triple convolutedness of Dutch, Swiss, German and Dutch or, and German, rather Dutch, Swiss, German and, and German. All, all of them taking different sides as to which one is a genuine language and which one is, as one person referred to Swiss German, I think, a disease of the throat. Man, that's poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that's poetry, man. I should use that one day, too. I really want to get into it with someone I should use that. <laughs> we'll try and transition out of that, and I, I think it's safe to say that the last time we saw Juventus play, which is now three days ago, since we're basically recording here, in between the Barcelona friendly and the final friendly of the summer. 
against Atalanta before things kick off next weekend in Udine. It wasn't poetry in motion by any means. So there's a transition, Chuck, as you nod your head in approval. And, you know, it, it it's funny because you, you see a 3 nothing scoreline. You see the performance that Juventus trotted out. And it's it was hard for me to get upset to it because you think about everything that's going on. We They had a lot of Primavera and under-23 players in the first two friendlies. And then all of a sudden the, the regulars come back and it's like, oh, right, these guys. But then you remember, oh, right, these guys have only been training for four, five, six days together. So the context of it, as Max Allegri is trying to figure out what the heck to do, and I'm sure Sam will mention his his article on the strikers in a minute here, but there's a whole lot of pieces that Max Allegri is trying to fit together, and it feels like he's had about, oh, I don't know, four or five training sessions to try and figure it all out. So that's my way of trying to forgive a 3 nothing friendly loss to Barcelona. Chucks, what's your way of trying to trying to render Max Allegri's task with everything he has going on in these last two friendlies. I show no forgiveness. I show no mercy. <laughs> I, uh, show Laying down the, the uh, hammer. Yes, Unacceptable. Yes. No, don't worry. I do. Um, I'm a, I've become more mellow as I've aged. So <laughs> I say as I'm 28 years old, but whatever. Anyway, no, I, like you said, I mean, you, you put it quite well. I, there's obviously has to be some context and just some, just some nuance uh, when we try and evaluate a situation like that or just a friendly like that. So obviously on one hand, okay, it's a friendly. So in my eyes, I think in friendly games, you kind of have, I would say two goals. So in order, I would say the first one would be fitness. So you just want to know, okay, is, can everybody just, you know, run 90 minutes again after, uh, you know, downing all kinds of pastas and, and, and uh, tiramisu's on on vacation, and you know, uh, after all that, after all that extra protein and calories, can can people actually run night minutes? So I think that's your first goal during a friendly or or just during a preseason phase uh, is fitness. Is you know, is everybody just you know up to shape and just feeling good again, feeling kind of match sharp. Which I, I'll say, yeah, that's another one, kind of that match sharpness to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, to feel sharp, to be, feel kind of mentally like into it again. Because I mean, obviously, you know, we forget that players, you know, they play, but it's there's also very much the mental aspect of it of being like, okay, I'm back at it again. I'm, you know, I've gone from vacation, just not thinking about anything, spending time with family and just, you know, hanging out. And granted, a lot of players didn't really have much of a vacation given the Euros and Copa America and the Olympics, uh, which I don't actually think uh no off the top of my head i don't think any uve players participated hell, in the olympics hell, but you are just correct a, just you the last correct. 16 months man i mean you yeah, think yeah. about it they've basically been going since what june of last year yep yeah yeah correct yeah yeah so you know yeah that's it that's the thing i mean they've not basically had any vacation so then you get that very like sharp change so you've had non-stop football for months and months and months and months and then still the international tournaments and then tiny break and then right at it again. So it's, it's just a very, I think that adjustment, just that mental adjustment, if anything, I think that's what preseason is for. If, if, you know, thinking about that, it's just handling those adjustments from really mentally on, on like hundred percent and then very short break and then on again. So um, I think that's one goal you want to focus on. And then after that, then you want to get into like tactics and, saying like, okay, is everybody kind of understanding the tactics that, well, in this case, Max, Allegri, are the players kind of ready for the general, just the general tactics that he wants to play this season, which is easier for him because he's obviously been here for, you know, five years, uh, you know, five consecutive seasons. So I think that phase will be a little less uh, strenuous, but still, you still want, I mean, there's still new players. I mean, there's players he's never, he's never coached. Uh, McKenney obviously being a big player that he's never coached before. But yeah, I think those are two things you want to focus on. And then, yeah, I mean, results are secondary. I mean, yes, we lost 3-0. That's obviously not pleasant. But I mean, results are just completely secondary during preseason. You just want to you just want to know that, again, that everybody's fit, that everybody understands the tactics and that there's a general idea of like, okay, are players understanding what they have to do 
in the upcoming season. Like we talked about last episode with Aaron Ramsey experiment in uh, the Regista position. That's the kind of thing you want to use preseason for, you know, to see, okay, let's say if, I mean, nobody knows, but if Allegri really wants to play Ramsey, sorry, I said Trequatista, I meant Regista. Yeah, I think I said, yeah, I meant Regista. But if Allegri is serious about playing Ramsey in Regista position, like 100%, then you want to use preseason and say, okay, hey, I want to do this with you for the upcoming season. Are you ready for this? Let's try this. You know, how are you feeling about it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, those are the things ideally I would want to see during a game like that, during a game against big opposition like Barcelona. Uh, but obviously, as fans, we don't know what conversations go on behind the scenes. But I mean, I just hope that those goals were kind of, you know, progressed during uh, the game against uh, Barcelona. But yeah, obviously, the game wasn't good. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and defend that. I mean, it wasn't good. But hey, I mean, I'm hoping there's some progress and hoping that we're just getting ready for the season. Yeah, I, I mean, welcome to preseason soccer where the players sound made up and the points don't matter. I, I really care so little about the score in, in games like this. I care, is every, does everybody walk off the field under their own power? Are there no injuries? And, you know, as, and our fitness, you know, is fitness being built up and is, are the tactics starting to settle in? We still don't really know what kind of tactics Max is going to use. Like I said in my in the piece that I had up this week, we don't necessarily know if there's going to be a set of tactics for Max or if he's just going to go game to game. That's that that seems like his style. I don't particularly enjoy it, but there it is. And and to be fair, as as the broadcaster said uh, on that game on uh, as I was watching it on ESPN Plus. By halftime, Neto was actually the busier goalkeeper. And, yes, he, you know, yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. You know, Ronaldo and, and Morata had started doing the, the thing that they do up, up top. They'd done it a couple of times. You know, they'd paired up very well under Pirlo last year in, in a pair, and they'd been working pretty well in that. And, you know, if, if they had, you know, if it hadn't been a friendly where, where everyone was being subbed off and everybody's fitness levels were being monitored after coming back from vacation and stuff like that, maybe we would have seen something different in the second half as it was the second half. You know, a lot of the young guy, younger guys came in. Some of the guys that came on had just come back from vacation came in and, you know, it, it disjointed things as the second half of a preseason friendly is want to do. But you know, but you know that I, I found that those last 10, 15 minutes of the sec of the first half, pretty, pretty encouraging from uh from one standpoint. Danny, I think you've mentioned this at one point today. Your large adult son looked really, really good. For, yeah, that was for that was probably my biggest thing is Bentacore looked a lot like the one we saw under Sari rather than the one under Pirlo. And I mean, obviously, I'm the one driving his bus, even though that's probably slowed down a whole lot <laughs> over the last <laughs> over the last year. But yeah, that You're was not my, getting that tickets was, anytime soon. That's, no, uh, that, that was my that was my biggest thing was that he he looked more of the player I'm used to seeing rather than the one who was just filled with mistakes and just didn't look all all that great overall. Yeah, and then you know. Uh, you said this in your post-match, Danny, you know, there was no Paulo Dybala. He'd only just started training again. So that was, you know, that was one thing, you know, guy, you know, seeing guys like Chiesa, you know, they came out in the second half because, you know, he, you know, he'd just come back. You're going to get games like this in preseason because it's preseason and everyone is still working. This is, this is the time where you're supposed to work and, and make and work your way up and we'll, you know, there's another friendly on Saturday against Atalanta. Very good team. They just blitzed the heck out of Alessandria in Serie B today, seven to one, but they are going to be a very good team this year. I would go so far as to say very much Scudetto rivals this year for Juventus that's going to be far more telling on Saturday than a game against a team that was two weeks ahead of you in match fitness. And that, that's the, that's the other thing about that game is that, you know, that's all watching, watching friend preseason friendlies between 
any Italian team and any team not in Italy is there's going to be that gulf because Italy always starts last. And, you know, back when Italy needed to, you know, the, the fourth place team needed to qualify in the Champions League in the preliminary rounds, that was actually a real detriment to the to the Italian teams because, like, a lot of the times those would be a team, the Italian team's first competitive game, whereas everybody else had been playing a couple of league games already. Fortunately, that isn't a, a thing anymore. But, yeah, that that's, you know, against a team that is more at a more advanced stage of readiness in a game that doesn't matter. Really, all I care about is nobody important got hurt. <laughs> that that's really all it. That that that's the big takeaway, and that and that there were a couple of of encouraging looking performances. You know, Benzincourt, like uh, you've said this, Danny, with the uh, with the one exception of his his egregious marking mistake on that second goal, Luca Pellegrini actually played pretty well on the left side uh, in that second half, but. You know, we're that's what we're that's what we're looking at is we're looking at a game that doesn't matter. We're looking at a at, a, at we're looking at the process right now, not at the end result. And it shouldn't be judged as the end result it is. It is shocking and, and appalling how low the standards have gotten over here. They were just willing to to let Vi the, the Gamper trophy. lost the Gamper trophy like, you know, we're. In our search to win every cup, every competition, which should be the goal for this club, we already lost one, and everyone's just fine with that. It's 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 a shame, really. It's a shame, really, how low the bar has been set. That we're just fine with that. Now, on the real though, it's there were like 15 subs on that game. Like, I mean, Juventus made 11 alone. They changed their entire team at one point. Someone named Alejandro Marquez played, who I had no idea was a person. And and he played like, I mean, you know, at some point, sure, you want to win games rather than lose them. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, even though we did lose on the Gamper trophy, which I don't know how many, you know, I didn't know you could just make up a trophy. Apparently, a lot of teams do it. I think we should do it. I don't think you would do it at this point in time, but I think that'd be a nice, nice little racket uh, that we should get in. So yeah, that's trying to I, say I really the don't... Agnelli trophy is gonna start up soon, Sergio. Yeah, yeah. Just invite whoever and you know play for a made-up trophy and do it. Give it some give it to give it a give it a better like name it after Bonnie Perti or something like that. Or like yeah, I guess I that would know. be the the this this like the one-to-one comparison to the Gamper one, but yeah, I mean it is what it is. You don't want to lose games three-nil against you know someone who you know is is on par with you in the sense that they're considered, you know, one of the great clubs in Europe. But, you know, at the same time, it is what it is. I'm not going to sweat over it. If, if you wanted to get a little bit, you know, critical of it, sure, just because Allegri, you know, you expect him to hit the ground running a little bit more just because he has the experience, just because he has worked with a lot of these guys before. So, you know, last year and even a year before that with, with Sarri and with Pirlo, respectively, you know, we that pretty much the first month we were like, hey, you can't judge it. They're new they're whatever. Like we can't really, you know, be too harsh on them. I, I would expect Allegri to hit the ground running a little bit more just because of how experienced he is as a manager and how he, how experienced he is as a Juventus manager specifically. It's not the same team he left, but there's a lot of the same guys. So you, you'd expect that adaptation process to be quicker. With that said, uh, do I think the season is going to, you know, be a complete failure because they lost the the Gamper Trophy to Barcelona. No, but it wasn't super enjoyable watching experience either. You know, so I mean, it is what it is. I don't really have a ton more to add that you guys haven't haven't really touched on. Now, Sergio, you've mentioned in the past that your significant other roots for a team that Juventus just played over the weekend. Was there any kind of wager on the Gamper Trophy? She had no idea the Gamper trophy was happening, which to be fair, I, I I wasn't either. Like until I saw a tweet that was like kickoff and the Gamper trophy is like, oh, I guess there's a game now. So, you know, I mean, it's not, again, it is the Gamper trophy in, in the history of, you know, glorified friendlies. This is an actual glorified friendly. So, you know, it is what it is. On a very 
on a slightly unrelated note, but slightly related, it is amazing to see the lengths to which the, I guess, footballing authorities or football clubs have gone to uh, to commercialize preseason friendlies. It's really amazing because it's, it's I mean, this is marketing, isn't it? To call a preseason friendly, I mean, a meaningless preseason friendly, a trophy. Because then people are like, whoa, there's a trophy? Wow. And it's like, whoa, the season hasn't even started. We already got a trophy? So that, I mean, you know, like I said, on a semi-serious note, I mean, it's, it's, it is, I guess, an attempt to kind of glamorize the yeah the occasion and that that maybe kind of brings in a bit more interest and maybe that brings in a bit more money so i don't know that's just kind of my uh yeah strange hypothesis and uh and in fairness clearly barcelona need the money <laughs> well chucks juventus did win the berlusconi cup a couple weekends ago so yes yeah. yeah 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 true and uh as uh the great the song long-awaited return of the berlusconi that's cup right. after that's uh... right <laughs> and as one of my uh one of my well, it's not really my favorite songs, but one of my catchier songs in my head goes, um, I hope that results in a lot of dollars and dollars and euros and euros. Mm. If someone <laughs> could name which song that was. So, yeah. uh, once once Juventus wins the league, the cup, the super cup, the Champions League, the the super cup, the European Super Cup or whatever, and then the clubs, the World Cup of clubs, and do that whole thing where you win every trophy. We're gonna look back on this moment and rue the fact that we didn't win the Gamper Trophy, and that it's that's going to be that's going to be a stain. It is going to be a stain. You're going to remember this moment. And, and then, unfortunately, because of how Allegri did his substitutions, Daniele Rugani could not lift this trophy if Juventus had won it. So, unfortunate. Another, another sour note for Sergio on that. On just, that. just bad news all over. <laughs> It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So as, as we look towards the Atalanta friendly, obviously it's the last one before Juventus kicks off the season and games actually do mean something. I think it's safe to say from my point of view, the, the only outside of everybody staying healthy, the only real person I'm looking to see how they play is Paulo Dybala. So for you guys, is there anything in particular you're looking at this friendly, the first time fans will be back in the Allianz Stadium? I might add for, you know, what, what was it since early last season when they were allowing a couple hundred fans in, but uh, what, what are we looking at? If anything, other than Juventus staying healthy this weekend and uh, going into their, their season opener against Udinese actually at full strength. I'd like to, I mean, again, and again, I don't, I don't expect a virtuoso performance, but I do want to see a jump. I want to see a, I, I want to see a, a, some progress as to how they play, um, as to as to what tactics they play, and I want to. And I also hope we see a few more minutes in the legs of some key players. You know, hopefully we come out of that game feeling that it was the last step before being ready, as opposed to kind of wondering if we are. <laughs> So that, that that that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for off the Atalanta game, and you know maybe seeing the uh, the introduction, if not on the fields, you know, as a as a bit of a showpiece of a certain midfielder. Yeah, likewise. I mean, just you know, fitness, fitness, fitness. I think really, well, yeah, fitness, and then also just just an idea that everybody kind of knows what they're doing going into, you know, the season opener next week, uh, that we kind of get an idea that, okay, everybody knows, you know, what, yeah, what roles they're going to play and just, yeah, just 
it's a kind of idea of the tactical ideas that um, Max wants to have coming into the coming into the season. But then also kind of on the fitness, kind of a tangent on the fitness is um, indeed, I mean, as you mentioned it, Sam and Danny, with Dybala kind of coming back off injury. I think that's also one thing you want to use preseasons for quite a bit to kind of get those players that had a kind of troubled season in terms of fitness or an injury plagued season last season to then use the preseason to get back into, you know, to really just feel their way into to feel more confident physically and to, you know, feel like their bodies are ready for it. Take, for example, uh, Virgil van Dyke. Uh, you know, he's yeah used the uh, preseason uh, quite well to just kind of come back from his essentially missing the entire season last year. And yeah, I think that's useful for someone like Dybala and McKenney. You know, I mean, McKenney had a yeah tough season in terms of injuries and just not really being 100% fit all the time. And I think that's kind of what I want to see, like just in this final preseason, just seeing everybody really be, especially those two players, McKenney and Dybala, feeling just 100% fit and just feeling good. You just had to mention the Dutchman, didn't you? I did, and I sort of halfway. It's funny. I sort of halfway pronounced his name in the, the English version, in the in the Scouser version, Birch. and then I thought, no, he's almost going to say Virgil van Dijk. Virgil, uh, no, no. But then I thought, no, I'm, I'm a Dutchman. Come on, I'm a Dutch. So, well, sort of. I don't really know what I am, but anyway, that was uh, entertaining. So, yeah, like Sam said, I, I'd be interested just to see something more more close to what we would expect from from Allegri, you know, moving forward. As we all know, you know, it's something that you either love or you hate, depending on, on how you, you know, like your football in general. But, you know, he doesn't really have a style that we all know he's going to play. So it's just going to be interesting to see how how he starts setting up because one would expect that with the, the so we can get into this a little bit later, nice segue, but, you know, when once the... The, the drama for Manuel Locatelli gets sorted. This is pretty much now actual he is going to get. Like you'll have a couple minor changes, or maybe not even that, moving forward for the you know the start of the season. So at this point, you have the team that you have, and and we're gonna have to start seeing kind of like how he plans to to really set up and to actually you know get the season. I think it's a good good team too to kind of like get uh you know get an idea of where you are in terms of you know readiness to to compete or in readiness to start playing games that actually matter because you could you know schedule whatever the Juventus Primavera or something and just destroy them like they usually do but I think this is probably more helpful just to play against an actual team and not only an actual team but like a team like Sam said is, is going to be really good and it's probably going to give you a run for your money it's kind of been you're kind of like a boogeyman for the for Juve the past couple of years. So I think it's just going to be a good game, a good gauge to to really start judging this team. If you want to, you know, get the hot takes out, I would take this game much more than the, the previous game. I think if Juve lose this game, then we're definitely, like, definitely having a, a bad season. Like, you know, <laughs> mid-table finish, at best, something like that. Hey, that's a kind of a side note, kind of a question. Uh, are we still doing that friendly where, um, oh, I forget the name of it, but where Juventus, the senior team, plays against the Primavera team and then they always have the that Villa big... Parosa? Yeah, that one. Thank you. I, don't, uh, I don't think so this year. I, th- I think not this year. I think, again, because because of COVID, because right. that whole, yeah. that whole thing is for... The whole idea of that is for it to be like a big party, and yeah. you know the tradition. The tradition is that at some point in the second half, the fans decide to just stage a pitch invasion, and then they do uh, they just walk on the pitch and they you know shake hands with all the players, and it's all fun. You know, it's all fun, and you know you're still we're we're still not in a position when it comes to the pandemic to be able to do a thing like that. Uh, so, unfortunately, it's it's a tradition deferred for another year. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully by this time next year, we'll be able to talk about that too. Yeah, that was always fun. And I think we'll get to now the, the most important stuff off the field. And that's obviously the Locatelli deal and the lengthy negotiations. I think we can put that mildly at this point. And there's been a sudden change, I think, in the tone of 
the reporting on it, whereas you know it's been Juventus submits bid, uh, Atalanta, Sassuolo rejects bid, rinse, repeat. We'll see you in a couple of days or, or next week. And I think I said the same kind of thing last week as well. But now we're hearing that there could be potentially that door being open to a deal finally being closed. And I think that's, as Sam alluded to, maybe potentially a, a certain new midfielder at least showing up to Allianz Stadium on, on Saturday happening. And, man, would it be refreshing knowing that Max Allegri can get Juventus's biggest and what feels like only transfer target at this point, finally signed, finally training with his new, with his potential new teammates and just really trying to get in the world of Max as soon as he can. Because as we know, sometimes Max with new signings, he slowly integrates them. Or in other cases, he just throws them to the wolves and says, here you go. So I think that's for me, if the, if the deal is closed this weekend, will be interesting to see just how Allegri handles them. Because, I mean, we could see him off the bench against Uzanese just as much as we could see him in the starting lineup, which for me would be nice because a competent midfield is something we haven't been able to talk about for, I don't know, three, four years. Yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> and it would, yeah, it, it would be really, it would be really nice. It's, you know, uh, Sergio has, has mentioned this, that not only is Locatelli just really good on his own, he also releases a lot of the other t- players on the team to be their best selves. And it, it's, it, it would also just, it would be a nice morale boost. I th- maybe for the, I, I mean, who knows if, if, if the players are, are thinking about this as much, but certainly for the fan base to at least see the one, like, you know, Kyle George. Okay, cool. You know, one for the future, nice smash and grab at a low price, but not, it, it's not a, it's, it's not something that will alter the team, at least in the short run, unless something crazy happens. This is, you know, this has been the one target that we've been talking about all year long. And I, and I'm, and when I say all year, yeah, it's because we were talking about Locatelli la- this time last year too. It's the move that has to be, that has to be done for this team to take any kind of a step forward. Otherwise you're looking at a situation where, I mean, will Juve be, in the title race this year, probably, but it's, uh, it would very much be a case of because the rest of the league took a step back towards us, as opposed to Juve taking a a step towards the the teams that finished ahead of them in the table with Locatelli, that step is much more of a possibility just because of the way he will allow so many other things on the field to shake out. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, been a long negotiation. I don't fault Sassuolo for wanting to get what they think is the right value for him. I don't, and I, and I don't necessarily, you know, what they want for him isn't an overpay either. Like it, that's pretty fair value for what they're for, for what Locatelli is. I will say, and I mentioned this a tiny bit in, in uh, a news blurb that I, that I posted today about the, the Locatelli thing is, you do have to wonder what that's going to do for future windows as well, because you've got, as it stands right now, you've got Chiesa, I think what 60 million will be due to Fiorentina next summer for the completion of that deal. And you'll have however much of the, the portion of Locatelli's deal do either next summer if, if it's due next summer, that's a heck of a lot that you'll be spending before you even think about recruitment for next year. Not saying that that's a reason to not do anything with Locatelli because you've got to get Locatelli in. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like putting it on the credit. It, you know, you've been putting things on the credit card a little bit. And, uh, you know, you've, we've all seen what, what that can create in the team that we just played this past week with Barcelona. Um, so while it's, you know, kind of a necessity, you just don't want it to get too out of hand. Um, but that being said, yeah, get it done. Listen to Danny, just do it already. I said, please. He did. He said, he said, please. And everything. 
Yeah, it's kind of like that James Brown song. Baby, please, please. I'm not going to sing. I mean, yeah, he does that much. No, we want voice. you to sing, Chuck. No. We want you to sing. <laughs> uh, well, I could, but not a uh, not, not James Brown. James Brown songs are too intense to sing, which as a side note, I don't know if that documentary is still on Netflix, but there's a great documentary on James Brown on Netflix, which was very, very good and very entertaining. So I had some of the footage of his old shows and yeah, it was just brilliant that i get that guy lives his music but anyway um but just on the look at daily thing at this point i mean we kind of have to get it done because not just because of how important look at is and and will be to this midfield but just because of time i mean the season starting next week if we don't get a look at then i mean what you have a week to figure something out I mean, that's no time. And then we're forced into a panic buy. And then, well, we all know how panic buys go. So, I mean, I mean, at this point, it has to be Locatelli or, or, or bust, you know, because there just really isn't any time to get, I mean, to get anyone, to get anyone else that would solve our problems and at a reasonable price. And, you know, to actually logistically get the deal done within, frankly, within days, uh, it just... You know, we would run into a, uh, oh man, this is this should go into the football history books of the uh, David De Gea deal from Manchester United to Real Madrid. Oh, the fax machines. Well, now we know that people still use fax machines. Yes, yes, they do. But um, yeah, so uh, Locatelli or bust at this point. And uh, I hope, I dearly hope, dearly pray that we get him. Otherwise, uh, well, it's not, that won't be good. Let's just uh, let's keep it PG and say it won't be good. <laughs> won't be good. Inside analysis, it won't be good. Yeah, it it won't. It probably won't just because it, the team is what it is. There's there's not another guy coming in. The only other move that has been rumored is if somehow, some way, Aaron Ramsey finds another sucker yet again, and and he gets transferred out, and then we bring in <laughs> Miralem You look. I like the guy. He had a really good, you know, stint here at Juve. If you still think that bringing in Miralem Pjanic and he's the answer, I like, buddy, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's not going to be like, he's going to be better than Ramsey because at this point, who isn't? But, you know, Pjanic is not going to fix your issues. It's, it's going to be more of the same. And, and, you know, you really do need to bring in a guy that at the very least allows you to play a little with the lineup, at the very least allows you more options. I'm not ready to say that, you know, Manuel Locatelli immediately fixes every issue that the team has, but it, it, it helps. It helps a lot. So I do hope for the sake of this season and for the sake of this team that that they manage to, to get him and get him quick. I, You know be fatalistic i think if they come out of that friday meeting a reported friday meeting without locatelli as a player I, I there's there's a chance there's a higher chance than we think then the deal might just might not happen that that they decide to pull the plug on it because it's it's dragging it's dragging and the season's about to start and if if this doesn't get done quickly like we might lose out on him yet again i think it is worth noting and I said this in print today too, Sassuolo have actually put the official stamp on the guy that is essentially going to be replacing Locatelli in their lineup. So if you, if you look at the, at the, the exterior, you know, the, the kind of the, the second degree of separation from this deal, it, it looks like, you know, the signs are there that Sassuolo is ready to do it. They just need a number that is, good enough and i think they're finally ready and i think juve is finally ready to give them one that they'll at least be okay with yeah and that's the thing as well you know it's like at this point i mean with with long deals long long uh transfer sagas like these it's always like okay is it the player that's holding it up is it the coach or the coach the club that's holding it up or both or i mean i get the idea that the player basically wants to come i mean i think that's you know i I get that idea. Um, I also get the idea that Sassuolo are, I mean, not actively blocking the deal. So that means that it's just money at this point, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I hope it gets done. But, yeah, I really wonder what's kind of just behind the scenes, what's going on. Yeah, and I, I said it in the piece where I asked nicely for Juventus to, to get this deal done. Is like, if Locatelli 
if Sassuolo just simply were going to the highest bidder, he'd be gone already. He he'd be at he'd probably be at Arsenal. He he would have been an Arsenal player a couple of weeks ago. So the fact that Locatelli wants Juventus and only Juventus is really what is you know been I think a common perception is really what's keeping this deal alive because you look at it and you know like I said he could have gone to Arsenal. There are other you know Dortmund words for players involved. There are other other clubs who sniffed around and kicked some tires. So if if Locatelli had any interest, any small bit of interest of joining anybody else other than Juventus, then this deal, Federico Cherubini would be scrambling to find another kind of Locatelli-ish midfielder because he'd be he'd be gone by now. Yeah, for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Because yeah, I mean we had we heard that there was interest by Arsenal, and I want to say. Dortmund? I might yeah. be wrong on that. Or, yeah, okay. I didn't remember that correctly. Uh, in the beginning, and I mean, I haven't heard anything since on that. So, yeah, I mean, the, you know, hey, make it happen. Make it happen. Well, the other part of the, the interesting off-the-field weekend that, you, that involves Juventus is the fact that what's being perceived as a kind of a, another big day negotiating-wise for the Juventus front office involves Paulo Dybala's contract, which if you think about it, the one thing that feels like has been longer than the Locatelli negotiations has been these Paulo Dybala contract negotiations. And as was reported earlier in the day that we're recording here on Wednesday, Juventus and Dybala's agent seem to have pretty good negotiations and it's being looked at as potentially a case of that this could be closed. And I say that uh, rather reluctantly, knowing how these past, oh, I don't know, 14, 16 months have gone that we've been talking about this damn contract extension. So knowing all of that, Sergio, are you optimistic that a deal can actually be done and Juventus could announce both Locatelli and Dybala this weekend? I, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm a football agent or a, or a you know, <laughs> sporting not. director. I'm not, uh, this is just, you know, coming straight from the hip. Maybe this sounds dumb, but how, like how many meetings do you need to have in order to just agree to a deal that from the reports and from the looks of it, it just seems like it's the same thing every single time, right? It's like Juve wants to offer less and probably wants a little bit more. And like, it, I don't know, it just seems what did they do in all that time? Did they just walk, talk and it's like, I want 10. Well, I want eight. Well, have you considered 10? Have you considered eight? And it's that for like two hours. Like, I, I don't get it how you can do this dance for like a year. And now like the agent finally arrived. He had, he had to quarantine, which I get like, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, it's just every week. It seems like it's the same report. Like, no, the meeting's definitely happening next week. It, it's been like that for like a year and a half. I don't know why this one would be any different. I mean, I don't. I, I want to believe, but I I I honestly think that the Locatelli, if I had to pick, I think the Locatelli deal happens first. And then they just keep dragging this along because it just seems like like it's never going to stop. And it really is. I mean, we're gonna be talking about that difference of like a couple million, like until he's a free pledger. Like it's straight up, like it's been like that for so long that I've lost all hope. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully they managed to work it out. Hopefully the, you know, umpteenth meeting actually ends up with a, with a deal. Now that the guy is actually there after his long, long steamboat there from, from Argentina to, to Italy. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's hope. Well, that's why he couldn't do it over Zoom then, right? Because he was on the Yeah, steamboat. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, the, the, the pigeon got lost, like the, you know, everything. It was the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing but you know now he's there hopefully he can bang something out i i'd love that because i i, I don't know I, I just want that to be sorted so that you know Dybala can finally focus on actually playing and not have this whole thing you know hanging over him on whether or not he leaves the club or not or you know especially now that Allegri has kind of like named him that next guy on the team that vice captain guy i think that's a boat of confidence i think I think they're going to really try to give him every chance to succeed. So just, just having the contract ready to go and have one thing off his mind, I, I think that's going to be huge for him. And you know, talk about things on the pitch. The one thing that, that has me a little bit 
worried about all this is the talk that that Dybala's camp seems to be trading a lower salary for a release clause of undeterminate number. And release clauses scare me. Uh, and I very much enjoyed the days when Juventus, when it was an organizational policy at Juventus, not to put them into contracts. Uh, one that seems to have been broken in bringing Matthias Delict over, and one that, you know, it it seems to be, and and obviously we have no idea if this is like a you know a number that's attainable, but any number can be attainable for the right price when it comes to a release clause, as we apparent as we learned a couple of years ago when Neymar with Neymar, but yeah, I I I don't like that idea of a release clause in his contract, especially if. You know, if it's true that Allegri considers him the guy that he wants to build around for the next four years or so, that's, you know, he has one great, he has a great year and somebody decides to trigger a release clause and then you're trying to figure out what the f*** to do next. Like, sorry, Danny, uh, <laughs> for the extra work in editing. Like that, that strikes me as a little odd, but I, I'm, I'm relatively confident that this will get done. It, it, it seems almost like Dybala's agent is the one that's been getting in the way of this. I don't think Dybala has wanted this to drag out. I think Dybala loves this club. And I, you know, his actions have borne that out time and time again. And I think that, that without a, a, with a little less meddlesome of an agent, he would be in a lot, uh, that this would have happened a lot sooner, but I I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it to be done relatively quickly, certainly long before, it, there's ever the, the potential of a pre-contract of the pre-contract window for him in uh, starting in January, but it, I, I think it'll get done. And I think uh, like Sergio said, he can sit, uh, he can sit and, and do his, uh, and do his, his work on the field without this distraction over his head now. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with Sam in the sense that, yeah, that, that release close report really was really kind of like a new thing that we hadn't really heard on, on, you know, throughout this entire negotiations. And especially the number, I think it was reported, like the first report was that they want, like the Tebalas camp wanted it to be 50 million euros, which I know we're in a depressed, you know, uh, coronavirus-induced economy. I get that, but that's a, that's a proof for a guy that, you know, on his day, you know, he can be the, the best player on our team. So it just, it, it that's kind of, scary i agree but you know the team has to move with with the times i guess and if if players demand them i think i would love to go back to the time that said like sam said like they just wouldn't wouldn't put them in contracts but if if that's the thing that's you know keeping this thing from from actually happening i wouldn't be completely opposed to it as long as it's you know a, a reasonable amount like i think matthias licked his his release clause is over a hundred million or something. Like if I recall, it's like, look, sure. If you want to pay us a hundred million for a player, like what am I going to do with that? But, but yeah, I, I just hope that if that is the thing, I would, I wouldn't like it, but if that's the thing that's keeping this deal from happening, just make it high enough or, or make it like those, you know, ridiculous release clauses they do in Spain. It was like every player was like 500 million euros. With, because yeah, they have to or something. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, La Liga requires a release clause in a contract. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah, is just also dumb, but okay. I think they mentioned on the broadcast here in the States over the weekend that Martin Braithwaite, obviously not Barcelona's best player by any stretch of the imagination, has a release clause of 247 million euros. Martin which Braithwaite. At that point, <laughs> why have it at all? Like, I mean... Yeah, man, that that seems like a reasonable no, name for the uh, reasonable number for the though. I, I wouldn't hate it. Two hundred forty-seven million. I mean, that's yeah, it seems fair. Put that in. Yeah, dollars and dollars and euros and euros. I'm telling you, um, which <laughs> it's a good song. People look it up, guys. Um, I mean, obviously, people probably know that song. Uh, yeah, and uh, I echo um, Sergio's, you know, point of just the sheer absurdity of the situation. <laughs> Dybala's uh, contract negotiation. Uh, I mean, at this point, we're, we're reaching a point where 
the negotiations for his contract are almost going to be longer than Dybala has played up to that club. I mean, it's like, it's just the whole thing is just absurd. So I don't know. Just, I mean, come on. This is, yeah, it's ridiculous at this point, how long it's taken. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's comical really, but yeah. All right. We'll wrap things up on two very, hopefully amusing notes earlier today when obviously we heard about the Locatelli and Dybala meetings happening on Friday and Saturday respectively. I sent out a Twitter poll on the blog Twitter account at Juventus Nation about which will happen first, Locatelli to Juventus or Paulo Dybala's contract extension. And we've had close to 300 people vote and you guys will be happy to know that it is basically dead even. So nobody knows when the heck these things will actually happen. (laughs) And in response to the news about Paulo Dybala's contract extension talks going relatively well, our friends at the Atletico Madrid blog into the Calderon responded with, don't worry, folks, Atletico will continue to be linked with Paulo Dybala until well after he retires. So on that note, we'll wrap things up. You can blame the guy who runs said Twitter account for not getting any Twitter questions again this week. As I said a few weeks ago, I will have a long discussion with him about his job performance on the Twitter account. So you can follow us there at Juventus Nation. It's going to be a Connie Mack situation right there is what that is. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Old school baseball references better than Chuck's rap references. That's for sure. I I was thinking more. It's going to be like Mr. Smith in the the Matrix. Why, Mr. Anderson? (laughs) Why, why, why? Why do you persist? (laughs) You got any references, Sergio, before we go? No, I don't. I I, I really don't (laughs) think I can compete. <laughs> Perfect. I respectfully, I respectfully, you know, yield the floor. <laughs> All right. I can see movie lines now popping into Chuck's head as we, we get ready to wrap this up. Now I uh, bow out on a high note. So. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, on on Chuck's bowing out on a high note, you can listen to us uh, on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, feel free to rate us, leave us a review, all that good stuff. Five stars are always welcome. So for Sam, for Chucks, and for Sergio, this is Danny Singh. Thank you much, very much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week where we have a big Serie A season preview extravaganza planned or something like that. So we'll talk to you guys next week.